Welcome to the Quarantine Tapes, a daily podcast from Onassis LA and Dublin. Hosted by Paul Holdengraber, this series chronicles shifting paradigms in the era of social distancing. Hello, can I please speak with Myra Kelman? This is Myra. Myra, hello, this is Paul Holdengraber calling you. I'm so happy that you are taking our quarantine tapes um, interview in this very troubled time. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear your voice too and to have positive things to do and positive people to speak to. So thank you. Do do you feel that uh, this this moment in time is a moment where positive people are few and far between? Well, I think everything is I think that we're so up and down. I think that every single person is positive and very and very sad and very worried and reasonably so. So I think that we're experiencing some experiencing so many different emotions that we're all everything. So uh, it's a uniting kind of force. You know, I'm, I, I, I reread recently And the Pursuit of Happiness, your, one of your beautiful books. And um, every, everything seems to be taking a different resonance now. And one line from that book in particular seems to me so, so strong. And where you say, we hope, we despair, we hope we despair, that is what governs us. We have a bipolar system. And I'm wondering, as I read that back to you, what it conjures up in your mind. Well, under normal circumstances, I would say that's a normal neurotic person speaking in her work, uh, which sometimes is, is funny and sometimes is not. And under these circumstances, circumstances, I think that this tremendous pause of the entire world stopping gives us moments of reflection that are inevitable. And of course, we're going to despair. And then of course, we must hope because what other choice is there and to prevail. We have a a photo of Winston Churchill up on the kitchen wall. We put it up now just to remind us what it means to have courage. Of course we're going to hope and of course we're going to despair and we're going to go from one to the other, it would seem, rather quickly. Um, what makes you hopeful at this moment that we have needed to push pause? I think that what we have is the instinct to persevere and the instinct to believe that things will repair themselves and, and maybe, maybe, maybe some things will even be better than before. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a predictor and I, and I don't like to say what's going to happen because who knows that, but that the, the wish is that 
there'll be a sense of what's really important and how do we repair and also how do we protect people in general who, who need more protection in this, in the economic forces, you know, so it becomes so complicated that you, you can't even wrap your head around it. And then you go back to, I'm just going to paint a painting. I'm just going to iron, you know, I'm just going to do some ironing and, and hope that time will give us clarity. Um, what are you doing with your days now? What, what is your routine? I know you're someone who uh, cherishes, perhaps even craves routine. In The Principles of Uncertainty, you have this wonderful line where you say, if you are ever bored or blue, stand on the street corner for half an hour. Well, now the street corner is, is no longer a real possibility. So where do you stand? Well, you, I don't stand, I walk. And what I, what I am doing every day is trying to maintain some kind of schedule, allowing for the fact that things will fall, fall away sometimes. So I do get up in the morning and, and drink coffee and read the obits online. And I do go for a walk down the road, and I'm not looking at very many people, but I am looking at, I am looking at trees and streams, and you know I'm really fortunate to be out of the city, and um, so I'm looking at nature, which restores you and revives you in every way. There's a fo- it's snowing, it's fiercely snowing now. There's a fox outside on the lawn right now, and um, right now. Right now. And they're right now there and there are birds and, you know, so I can take solace in this incredible, you know, the, the animals don't pay any attention. The animals go on and the trees don't know and the trees and the trees go on. So I have to think that we'll come out the other side of this and have, and have all of these beautiful things around us. So my schedule is continuing that walking and painting, writing, and every day I'm doing a painting of something that is very prominent in these days, you know, the, the, the quarantine paintings or the quarantine journal. So I, we're cooking together. I'm really fortunate that I'm with my son and his wife here who are very kind and lovely people. So we are all working and, and uh, really are so incredibly grateful that we can all do work from home because that really keeps you kind of sane. You're all together. I'm. I'm really curious what what this all together will do for so many people who have not been used to being together. I. I truly wonder. You know what will happen in, in nine months from now, and you know, which, either either divorces from yeah, nine months yeah. now, or babies nine months from now, or murders along the. I don't like to say murder, but you know. But um, I'm and I and I told you that I was, uh, or I didn't tell you, but I, I'm getting a copy of the book of Gertrude Stein's murder on the dining room floor, the only murder mystery she wrote. So, you know, there has to be some, and we're, we're playing cards in the evening and there's a tremendous amount of laughing and, um, uh, uh, hope that we're just going to continue being able to do what we do, but who knows day by day. You, you mentioned Gertrude Stein and I know that, um, your most recent work has been an illustration of Alice B. To- of Gertrude of Alice B. Tokler's autobiography, and I'm uh, I'm I'm curious what you think Alice and Gertrude would have made of this moment. They're 
ability to be both very concerned and very worried about things like, let's say, a war going on around them. And there they are, two gay Jewish women uh, in the south of France going through World War II. And so that's, a, I mean, that's a, a whole other conversation. But I think that you look at people who have gone through all kinds of traumas. And uh, so they would be very worried and in a kind of way also very insular, you know, that we have to grow the vegetables in the garden and we have to make soup and, uh, you know, and, and embroider. So I've been embroidering, you know, there are good lessons there that you focus on the moment and you focus on the, the tasks that are in front of you and you do them the best that you can. I think that one of the the most extraordinary uh, the most extraordinary phenomenon of what we're living now is just the level at which it reaches every part of the globe and in my life I've I've never lived something that has affected everyone have you No I mean this is what's the the extraordinary reach of this is that we're all in the same we're all in the same situation of course with different aspects and and tremendous economic differences for people what they're going to be dealing with but there is a at least a sense of unity i don't even know if that last will that be will that be comforting is it comforting i think it is what do you think i'm 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 curious because i think that those kinds of questions I mean, interests me greatly, and I think they inhabit you. I mean, is it comforting that we are all experiencing something together? We we're all we're all experiencing something together. What the outcome of it will be? I think that things, as the world goes in waves, and there are great moments of of uh, you know hope and decision making to make things better, and then things go back to normal, and they kind of fall down again, and we kind of get back into our old patterns so it's human to not be in a crisis mode all the time and it's human to when it when it recedes to go back to your normal life what that's going to do afterwards will we buy fewer cars will we stock more toilet paper will we always be worried for the next virus attack or the next something attack i don't know i think it's going to be just this, this of course this mix Will we be very happy to be visit to visit people all over the world? Well, I hope so. If if you had to paint a picture of what that hope entails, um, what do you hope your 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 fellow human beings will get from this? And by this, I mean uh, also people that are, are perhaps close to you. It's hard to make predictions for the world as a whole. But maybe this this pandemic will um, will make us think differently, or will show perhaps that the system under which we have been operating, the kind of democracy we have been operating under, is if not coming to an end, at least needs to be thought of in different ways with different priorities. So I'm wondering when when you think of how we might be hopeful in a different way and perhaps live differently. What might that look like to you, Myra? Well, I think that the the most essential thing is the the personal feeling of 
what am I doing with my time and how am I living life and how kind am I and what ways can I be kinder than I, than I, that I wasn't before. And I think that if that, if it grows from your, from the intimate moment of kindness to the immediate group of people around you, then maybe it expands to a bigger group and there's some political response to that. I'm really bad about politics and I'm really bad about understanding how these things work because it's, it's just not my world. But you're not so bad so about the, the human I, soul. The human soul. The human soul is the human soul is going to go it's going to do everything a human soul can possibly do from really good to really bad, but there'll be maybe there'll be a heightened sense of of goodness. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we can, we we can but hope. There is a line that I mean I I think that everything we read now um takes on a different meaning or a heightened meaning. But there's a line in in Pascal in his Pensée that really strikes me very strongly now and I want to read it to you and have you react to it. It's very short. One line. All of humanity's problems stems from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Well, that's brilliant. Good, good job. Good job. Well done. Good job, uh, Good job, yeah. Good job, Pascal. Keep up, keep up the good work. Uh, I, I, it, it's so true, I mean, that we're all looking at this grand silence that's been in, and this grand stopping that's been imposed on us, this phenomenal thing. And what I'm, what I'm saying is, oh, I don't know if I can go back to the old world of being ridiculously busy or too busy or very busy in what, with what, and with all of the activities. And there's a sense of, you know, if we didn't, if we could know what was wonderful about this, which is stopping uh, and, and getting through in a healthy way, then maybe that'll influence the way that we think in the future. So I, I have a good. I'm. I'm going. I have a chair. I'm going to try to sit in it. Taking time, and while you're sitting on the chair, you you were saying you're doing paintings, kind of a diary, a quarantine diary, which may become at some point, I imagine, a book, a book of the the of the paintings of these days, or maybe not. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they're very. There is just one image a day, and it doesn't. It's well, it's not that many now, but we'll see. We'll see how many we get to. What can you? What What are the images of for the moment? What have you been painting? I'm just curious. I know it's hard to describe, but it would be lovely to know. Um, one is a thing that my son Alex made out of cardboard the first day of our quarantine. Which I think is a spectacular thing. It's a it's a it's a reproduction of a an invention that we saw in a photograph. So he built it. It's like a six foot tall thing. And then another, the next image is a dream that I had where there was this vast tree with a vast canopy, and many people were singing underneath it. The next is a mime that I saw alone in town, walking carrying a suitcase and I thought well aren't we spared from mimes even in this time I guess not but um, 
Then the next one is a, is a bird building a nest. There's a bird building a nest on the porch. So very small things. I'm, I'm wondering so much how people like doormen and cashiers are doing these days. I will be speaking to them on these quarantine tapes very soon because I think it's tremendously important to talk to those people who are still, you know, of service and cannot remove themselves from, from life, which is to some extent a luxury. It's a heroic stance that they are. They're on the front line. All of the people that are, that are still working and taking care of other people. Isn't it amazing to wake up every morning now and just to, to know that life has in many ways changed and that we are hoping that that change will, will continue but in good ways when, when this storm has passed? Right, let the storm pass quickly. Myra, do you do you get bored? Do I ever get bored or do I get bored now? Both. No, I'm not I don't get bored. I get wor I, I replace boredom with being worried, which I had eliminated from my vocabulary, but I mean not really, obviously. But now it's not about boredom, it's about it's about uh, quietly being distraught. And then I go back to, you know, you can't do that all day long. So well, what are you going to do? You know, this stuff needs to be cleaned. And you, you were telling me on another occasion that publishers are still writing to you and saying, you know, Myra, there's a deadline. Yeah, it's hard to believe. But, it's, you know, it's wonderful, of course, that the, the, no, the idea that, yes, this will end and businesses will return and people will get their jobs and books will be printed and, and sold in stores, in bookstores that will be open again. I spoke to my friends at Three Lives Bookstore, and they were very busy sending packages of books out to people, but then they had to stop as of Sunday. They couldn't go into the, they couldn't go in anymore. So, you know, the idea that a bookstore, of course, it's not that way in the, in the entire country, or the entire world by any means, but in New York, uh, so the bookstores are closed, and that really, it's, that's hard, of course, among everything else. It's like, and books too. So I hope that books will be back and will be browsing in bookstores, and you and I both love that photo from the London Blitz of the people standing very nonchalantly in a completely destroyed library or bookstore looking at, you know, looking at books. So that's pretty hopeful. Looking at, looking at books um, and th that library which is destroyed, the roof is destroyed. What is so extraordinary are the people in, uh, the, uh, in that library which, uh, though destroyed, they're, they're still wearing their hats and they're still dressed perfectly and they are still immersed in the book that they have taken off the shelf. And yes, that's very hopeful. And of course, my, my worry, which I share with you, is, you know, what happens to Three Lives, a very small, beautiful, beautiful bookstore uh, in New York City, in Manhattan? What happens when they can't 
even do what we're doing now, which is find a new way of coming together here on the phone for the radio, for the bookstores, sending books when they no longer can have people in the stores. It's very worrisome because they, you know, will they survive? The Strand, I'm told, just sent all their employees home. Um, maybe not firing them, but letting them go for a while. How will they survive? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the, maybe there's some kind of phenomenal new system that will arise out of this to protect people during this time and uh, protect them financially during this time and that you don't have to think you're going to lose everything if things have to close down for a few months or whatever amount of time. So that it, it, can that happen? That could happen, couldn't it? I think there's there 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 are shards of hope. Uh, I think that what what this period has done is highlight highlighten the the fragility of our social systems and the priorities and and the way we've lived our lives. Maybe we need to learn to live differently. Myra, in closing, what are you reading? I'm reading so many things that I'm confused but the top of my list for calming me down is I'm reading Agatha Christie and uh, which brings a full circle back to you know, a murder mystery uh, somehow that takes you out it's a Miss Marple and of course in this time to have an elderly woman who likes to knit who's very prim who drinks a cup of tea to make you feel better can solve these epic mysteries makes you feel as if the world gets on a scale that you can handle. You know, I can handle this. I can solve this problem and do it in a gracious and kind way. So she's number one on my list right now. But following very much so is I'm in a Shakespeare group, Shakespeare the Tempest. We're going to Zoom together tomorrow tomorrow night and talk to each other. Um, War and Peace. Duck's Newburyport, which is a thousand-page book of one sentence, um, which I really love. I love all of these. Poems of Keats and Lydia Davis' essays. They're beautiful. That's what's happening now. Myra, it's always such a pleasure to talk with you. And um, let's hope for the best, as it were. Let's hope for the best. We'll weather the storm together we, we will and i can't wait actually to to see you but we must continue and that's the premise of this show we must continue to uh, be in contact even if we can't touch each other yes we will we will touch each other with our words a huge hug and thank you very much to you too bye bye see you soon see bye. you soon bye bye To support this show and Dublab's progressive programming, go to dublab.com/support.